0: Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott. And Scott, I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com.
1: And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over Winners
0: And together we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as we try to guide everybody on their journey and give them the best opportunity out there to head back to the window Scott, I can tell you're in your new place. Are you? Uh, it's it's a it's a little echoey, buddy. You got to get you some egg cartons. You eat eggs. Yeah. You eat egg-
1: uh, I I could start for the okay. sake of you know production value.
0: Yeah, you need to uh, for the for the production value. You need to eat about a dozen a day. You need to just rock okay. just rocky cool. that shit in the blender. So, mm. and uh, we've seen another. It uh, looks like the end of the NASCAR race here, Scott. How do we do? Uh, not too well. <laughs> oh my god, this is—it's so fun doing the NASCAR show before qualifying, especially at this track where he is like, mm-hmm. uh, "Good afternoon." So, hey, what's up, David? Good afternoon. Uh, hello from uh, rainy Missouri, and what I am sure is quite sunny Phoenix. How's the weather there? Is Scott, are you guys getting the rain that we got the other night?
1: Uh, not not so much. No, can't say it's that bad.
0: How's the new place? You like it?
1: Yeah, overall it's fine. Uh, apparently it's a little echoey, so I'll keep that in mind. You, but... Uh... When you As L- a whole, yeah, so far so good.
0: When you L- oh, you when you yell out, "Mom, make me a grilled cheese." Is anybody there to answer? Does anybody do it for Unfortunately,
1: you? Unfortunately, no. So, you know, I got to fend for myself. I have to hunt and stuff now. You know, it's a real pain in the ass. Have
0: <laughs> <After> to <a> hunt? <laughs> mm-hmm. How close to the grocery store?
1: It's like down the block. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's 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 a well-situated, you know, area. So, it's working out for me.
0: Uh, no worries. No worries. Michael Dost in the house. Hey, what up? Uh, Andrew Kalajay, right? Uh, Andrew's here and he says, NASCAR is too tough for me. Uh, it's too tough for me too. Doesn't stop me from doing a show every week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we always purport not to be NASCAR experts. We just, we, we look at some data and we, we, we read some stuff and, but we do not, is it fair to say we don't follow NASCAR with the same passion that we follow the other big four sports or at least, at least the big three for me. I know you're a big hockey guy, but.
1: Well, I was going to say, it's also different because you have one NASCAR race per week. And the only, I'd say, equivalent to that is football because you only have one game per week. So right. I'd say we're still following. You yeah. know, it's not like we're just making up picks as we go. I mean, no, no, no. And we've we, done the research, whatever. And we
0: watch the races. We actually, we actually, uh, I think that's the big change. When when we start betting, we start watching the races again. So
1: There's a lot of variables at play for NASCAR. Mm-hmm. You know, you have not just worrying about the cars you pick, but also... All the other cars around him who yeah. can crash him. Yeah, well, it's like- know, there's a lot of other variables that are really, I'd say, unaccountable for. Imagine injuries, but you have like 43 different people on at the same time, right. and you're just like, all right, just try not to get destroyed over the course of, I don't know, three and a half hours. What a what a Easier weird southern ball.
0: What a weird sporting environment. You see the national championship game. Uh, a guy from Kentucky drives to the lane, turns his ankle. Uh, guys crash in, in cars at 190 miles an hour. Everybody walks away and they're fine. <laughs> So, they got to
1: bring out the ambulance as a precaution, but nobody ever actually gets into the ambulance. Yeah, they
0: got to see know? him at the infield care center and all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, It's good to see everybody here. 1777, Memorabilia in the hizzy. Uh Scott Reichel, do you watch Scott prior to the show? Uh, I have a feeling <laughs> you taking a nap <laughs> at 135. Oh, that's, that's the easiest money you're ever going to make there. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Scott does not watch Chris and I do the show.
1: I didn't take a nap today, but I was watching NASCAR. So I did not catch the show.
0: All right. Very good. That's the final yeah, a finally hey a good excuse. Hey guys, don't forget to uh don't forget to like and don't forget to subscribe, not just to the Winners and Winers YouTube channel, but also get over there and subscribe to the Max Wagers Network. We do appreciate it, uh, for sure. And uh yeah, yeah, that's it. What else we got going on oh we got our we got our promo we got our we got our uh little partnership with caesars Caesar still yeah we uh no more draft we told you it went away may 1st and it did but uh we do have caesars I'm still giving you that 1100 dollars first bet insurance you can make any bet up to 1100 bucks so you, you want to bet a thousand dollars and have caesars cover the juice if you lose you can do that it's basically they call it bet insurance i call it basically a risk-free bet however you want to phrase it it all works the same. It's uh, whatever state that Caesars is available in. Of course, there must be 21 to play, except for Wyoming and New Hampshire. And the promo code is ATS wins Caesar C Z R. Or you can get that in the show description. You can get the code and you can get the link. So anything I forget there, Scott?
1: Uh, no. Cool. Sounds like you covered it all. Cool. All right. Well,
0: let's find out. Uh, let's find out what happened yesterday, man. It was. Uh, it was. Quite a day, or and it was quite a weekend for uh, for some of these. If you watch Chris and I, you know that I talked about it. If you didn't, uh, I'm going to talk about it again. So let's let's fire it up, Scott. We got to get to it. We got to find out who were the winners, who were the whiners, who were the people that took it to the bank, and who were the people that, ooh, like me, took it to in the shorts. You know who you were, and now we're going to find out together who you are. Let's uh, kick off the show with the Monday edition of Call the Cops. All right, very good. Well, Scott, you know, I have a a little personal involvement in this game, and it is going to be the Yankees' run line against the Kansas City Royals on Friday night. You guys know the story by now. Uh, Yankees broke it open late. They actually, We actually had to sweat this uh, bet, but the Yankees scored a ton of runs. They were up 12-2 after the eighth inning. Head out to the ninth, and here comes the rain. And it absolutely opened up and poured. In fact, uh, briefly after they uh, called the game, they uh, lost power at Royal Stadium for a minute. We were out there to see the fireworks. We'd taken the trip. And according to the Weather Channel app and all the forecasts, it wasn't supposed to be there for about another hour. We knew it was coming because that's the same storm that, that spawned those tornadoes down there uh, by Wichita in Andover, Kansas. So it was. we knew it was a bad storm coming. We knew it was going to screw up the game. Um, but it was looked like it was going to be a little bit later. It wasn't. And we all got to learn our lesson for the first time this year, something we have to relearn every year and remember how pissed off we are when it happens. If you have a total or a run line... In a Major League Baseball game, it has to go the full freight. It has to go eight and a half or nine if the home team is behind. Unlike if you have the money line, you just bet straight up and it's called an official game after four and a half or five, you're good. But it ain't the way it works with the run line. It ain't the way it works with totals. Call the cops.
1: And looking at yesterday's action, if you had the White Sox team total under four against the Angels, you had no runs through the first eight innings. So as long as the White Sox don't explode in the ninth, you're good. Well, they exploded. They scored five runs in the bottom of the ninth. They still lost the game, by the way, but they finished with five runs. You can put it on the board.
0: You're beat. Hey, if you had the Red Sox team total under four and a half, sounds vaguely familiar, Scott. It really kind of does because they had one run through the first eight innings, and then... Here comes the Gern-Pakern. It's the Grand Slam in the ninth. Baltimore, uh, Boston rather, finishes with five. If you had the Red Sox team total under four and a half, good God, get out your phone and call the cops.
1: Yeah, a couple of really bad ninth inning. I can't even say full implosions because both teams that gave up those runs still won the game. The White Sox and the Red Sox still lost. Right. It didn't really matter in the end for most like Moneyline bettors, etc. Yes. But... There's a lot of really bad B bullpen guys out there.
0: Mattered to us. Uh, well, there was some good news. I, I heard rumors of people that had nice easy wins this weekend. Did you have any nice easy wins, Scott?
1: Uh, overall, I had a couple.
0: All right. You moved. How long did it take you to move, by the way?
1: It didn't take that long, actually. I thought bad. Cause... Probably, I don't know, about four hours to fully get everything set up.
0: Yep. There you go. So, Not bad. you have a couple friends help you?
1: Uh, no. You did it yourself? Uh, For the most part, yeah. But as a whole, it was a bit annoying because I was trying to keep tabs on the Warriors-Grizzlies conclusion. Right. That game was just a really good game. And then, you know, you have to still move some boxes, do some stuff, and it's just like, I actually just can't afford to watch this right now, and apparently I missed a really good ending to a basketball game.
0: You did? You did indeed. By the way, if you had Scott uh, friends who would help him move under one and a half, congratulations. You have hit the jackpot. Uh, there were some nice easy wins uh, yesterday, like that one, for example. Let's find out who it was, Scott, as we uh, fire up that cigar and we uh, put a little couple of uh, nice little cubes in our cocktail and get ready to
1: relax in the rocking chair. So, first one, if you had the under in the Bucks and Celtics game, number was 2185 each quarter had less than 52 points. So as long as you didn't go to a couple overtimes, you were good. And the game landed 190.
0: Hey, Scott, you know he's playing really good baseball right now? Uh, is it the Twins? It is the Twins. If you had the Twins on the money line against the Rays, led five zippy after the first inning. They put up four more the rest of the way, and that was plenty as the Twins win that one 9-3. to three. If you had the Twins money line... The eighth time in the last nine games, or they were eight and nine going in, eight of nine going into that one. Now they're nine to ten. Nice, easy rocking chair win.
1: And the last one, if you had the Guardians on the money line against the Athletics, they led six to nothing after four innings, and they ended up winning seven to three. All right. So in the majors, there's kind of a, a, a
0: big red elephant in the room right now. And I don't feel like this is. It's not a machine. It's not a machine. Um,. I don't know why this isn't being talked about more, but that's why we're here. And this is the this is why this category was invented by the way, because there's nothing to be mad about. So, let's find out as we pull back the veil and reveal the uh, winner of today's version of I'm not mad, but I am definitely disappointed. So, I don't know who should take this one. You want to take this one, buddy? Yeah,
1: sure. I'll do it. So we've mentioned how bad this team is before, but we got to throw this back out there because I know we went through the division futures and the win totals in baseball. And one team I was very low on was the Reds because they traded basically everybody worth a damn. And the start of the season, not very good. They have lost to 19... Of their first 22 games, which is the worst start in franchise history, and it's tied for the second worst start of all time. 19 and as uh, 19 out of 22.
0: By the that way, not good. They are just three and 19 on the run line or on the money line this year.
1: Yeah, they uh, <laughs> when they lose, they lose big. Imagine the Atlanta Hawks. You know how they would always lose the underdogs, they would never cover? Right, right. It's kinda like this, except the Hawks actually made the playoffs, and Cincinnati might win fifty games.
0: They're awful. Uh of course, you know, India's on the on the uh on the on the DL, on the IL, Stevenson's on the DL.
1: Castillo hasn't pitched yet, right?
0: Castillo hasn't pitched yet. Uh Lodolo just went on the Lodolo stepped up, made a spot start, dominated, and now he's on the ten day. So Brutal. Just absolutely brutal, this team. They weren't good to start with, and they have basically lost a third of their players, half of their starters right now. They've lost 40% of their starting rotation, if 60% if you include Lodolo, and they're also without their closer. Other than that, they're in great shape.
1: I said, I said during the division breakdown that I expected Votto to fall back down to earth because he was so good last year. I might have, like, been a little bit too harsh on him because I don't even know if he's touched the ball yet. Is this been a, awful?
0: Is this a automatic fade if you're catching him the the other team at one fifty or better?
1: I think the argument. Yes.
0: I guess my my question is, what's the number? Is it one seventy? Is it one fifty? One eighty? I mean, if you look at if you look at three and nineteen, the number is somewhere around five fifty. But I
1: mean, a lot of it depends on starting pitching, right? I mean, does it? It's one. It's one thing to bank on a team, any team beating the reds but if you have for example carlos hernandez no offense on the mound i might be a little bit hesitant you know i still think you can find some good prices they got absolutely killed by the rockies over the weekend though and the rockies pitching staff is not exactly uh good okay so it's not like that really mattered but i gotta one i gotta assume this team's gonna get even worse because they have to be trading half the team at the deadline right
0: okay. I, I don't
1: think anyone will take vato i was gonna say who right do you who,
0: who do you trade
1: well, I'm saying Votto probably has some value. Okay. I don't know if you can trade India. No. You trade? Do you trade the entire bullpen? M- sure, if anybody wants them. I'm assuming that they will trade whatever you veteran have, piece they have. You have tra-
0: Castillo and Votto. That's really about it as far as trade pieces. Maybe
1: a, a, I, th- I think maybe a team would take a shot with maybe an Aquino or Molly. If they wanted or, a pinch hit bat or something. Okay,
0: they might and they might take a shot with Molly. Okay, so
1: that's what I'm saying. You got a couple of pieces that aren't exactly great players but for the Reds
0: okay okay sure. I,
1: I do think that there's some veteran pieces or even just non-prospect pieces you could ship off
0: so let's go let's go back to the not necessarily auto fade depending on who's pitching so of the Reds pitchers who do you like and, and I don't expect you to know the rotation so
1: let me just recap it for you I'm not counting Castillo because he's not active no
0: right? I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the last five in the rotation. Uh, Sam Martin, Overton, Green, Molly, Gutierrez.
1: Well, Green's the top prospect who's been not so great right, right now. Right. I'd have to go Molly, because I've seen Molly have a couple of good years.
0: Okay. All right. So that's the that's the one that gives you pause. Like if you're if it's the Reds and Molly's on the mound, you, you gotta pay 170, you pass.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay. Or if you wanted to, honestly, you could just do a team total under. It's not like the lineup's that much better.
0: No, this is a team that they are—they're just bleeding runs. The, I'll tell you, the, the one win. This is so funny. I think I've I've faded them. The last time I faded them was the last time they got a win. That was with Lodolo on the mound over over St. Louis when I thought they were we were getting a great price of yeah. St. Louis. But um, other than that, they've given up nine, eight, seven, ten, four, and ten runs. It's in the game since Lodolo pitched. So. Brutal team, brutal team. Um definitely look at fading them. Look at some value in the run line because like we talked about earlier, I was kind of joking around there. My joke my joke landed fly because I missed it, but they uh, when they when they lose, they generally tend to lose by a lot. In fact, of their they've lost nine of their last ten and they have lost on the run line in eight of those. Yeah. so It's a team that's go big or go home just in a losing. <laughs> yes, exactly right. So all, all right. right, let's uh, let's let's check in with the uh, with the comment section here and see what everybody's doing. Scott, have, you, have I missed anything? Well, uh, I Yankees Yankees that. will trade for Joey Votto. What they, do they have a, a contract where they have to trade for everybody? Should he name Joey at the trade deadline?
1: I was going to say, they uh, do have Rizzo at first base, and Rizzo's a lefty, so I actually don't think the Yankees would do that. Right. But a fun fact, we said Molly's, I guess, the one that gives you pause. He has the worst DRA in the league. Outstanding. So...
0: No, no. You're, for the I'm record, sure, you're I'm the sure you're the one that, the that, that the said Molly gives you pause.
1: Well, I'm saying because in the past, I right. mean, He at least has some track. I agree, record, but yeah, I would I'm put... also a little bit confused at what the sample size is here because there's definitely pitchers that have an ERA above six point four five. Yeah, I got, I got to assume that the the inning cutoff is probably twenty, if I had to guess.
0: Where are we at? This way through the season, yeah, twenty twenty five probably.
1: That's what I'm saying. So I'm assuming out of twenty. He's been pretty bad. Truth is, the Cubs rotation hasn't been great either. Hendricks had the really good start on opening day, and after that, he's been basically useless. Stroman's been a disaster. I faded Mitch Keller yesterday. He is now 0-4. He actually pitched pretty well, yep. but Musgrove was just better. Right. Uh, Eduardo hasn't worked out with Detroit. Uh, yeah, a couple of bad pitchers. Truth is, I know that they're in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Baltimore's rotation, just on paper, is just awful since Means just got Tommy John. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So they don't have any pictures either. No, they don't. Uh, J.C. Stone said, just had to call the cops on three separate NASCAR wagers.
1: Oh, no. I'm kind of curious what you had.
0: No lube Mondays.
1: I was going to say, because <laughs> Elliot was cruising for about the last, I don't know, 30 laps? Yep. And we talked about that. But I'm kind of curious what you had.
0: We talked about that on the, on the show uh, that... Those races go one of two ways. They're either wreck uh, Wreckfield shit fest, or they turn into long green flag
1: runs, and that's exactly. Well, Bowman got screwed because we had Bowman. I know both of us actually agreed on Bowman to win, and he went to the pits with with uh, Bush. And right when they went to the pits, there was a caution, so they got screwed and yeah. they ended up going from like second and third, or first and second, I think, to like 17 and 18th. And I'm just like, oh, they're screwed. Yeah. And Bowman ended up coming in sixth. Did so you can make a case that maybe Bowman's car could have, or even Bush's car was very good the entire day. Maybe one of them could have beaten Elliott, but once they got pushed to the back, it was really no contest. Did uh, Bell stay up in the, five, the top five? Uh, Bell ended up, sorry, let me just look at this. Bell finished fourth.
0: Okay, cool. That's So I ca- I
1: cashed there. Yeah, I lost everything.
0: Hmm. So. Yeah, we know I lost my matchup. I don't think Suarez finished top ten. Neither did I. I'm gonna
1: have to just start start blindly betting Chastain in like every race. It doesn't even matter what track it is anymore. Historically, he was just awful, and yet he finished third today. It it seems like is it too early to say that Chastain's a top four driver in the sport? Because I know he's a yes. rookie, yes, but he's is. won twice. Yes. He's finished top five a bunch. He's actually just fantastic.
0: Very good this season so far. But you think it's too early? A little early to say top four, yeah.
1: I think that he's mispriced almost every week because he's around sixteen to one something like that. that. You can say that. He should s- be around what? What do you think? Like twelve to one in most yeah, races. I think, I think he point? should.
0: I think he should be in the in the in the top six six seven. I think he should be on our top list every week.
1: Yeah, I think he should be too.
0: JC said he had uh, Elliott Bowman and Larson top five parlay. Ooh. Larson finished sixth.
1: Larson wasn't first going into today, and then he had the non-contact spinout in Dover. He ended up rallying to come in sixth. But yeah, it was whenever you spin out like that, it's very tough to get back into the front,
0: especially at Dover. Especially yeah. at Dover, indeed. Lex Steele and the Hizzy, what up, Lex? Um, all right. So had a couple basketball games last night, Scott. Uh, Golden State. Wins a good one. They don't cover. So I, I saw your tweet that uh, good teams win, great teams cover. Ergo, you Mem- know, the amount of people that Memphis Memphis actually is- like
1: fell for that was hilarious.
0: And so ergo, Golden State's the good team. Memphis is the, the great team. Really- and somebody in the
1: comments were going, what? Like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "You just you just don't gamble enough. Like you just don't get it."
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, very good. Do you think
1: Draymond should have been ejected?
0: No, no, I do not.
1: I think it was a flagrant one.
0: Uh, yes. I think that's exactly right. Um, that was, I didn't see it live but when I went back and watched it. I was like, really? That's, that's it, huh? Yeah. So no, I didn't care for that. I guarantee you that cost me the cover. So
1: I'm um, sure it did, but for the series price or for a golden state future, like, uh, one of us might have on them to win the title. I'll take it. You still game one on the road and Draymond misses about half the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, uh, Clay fucks me at the end. Yeah.
1: Um, well, tr- well, technically, yes. Yes. I still believe Golden State would have fouled up three, so you probably were screwed anyway. Yeah. Maybe two and a half, right?
0: Yeah. I thought about that. I, you, I, best case scenario was for me to for him to make one. I think. Yeah. I'm. I'm trying I, to think. In I, I think my they head. Try, Then I think they try to get it inside to tie it.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think in my head if Kerr has been a guy who f- typically fouls up three. I don't really know. I'm I can't think of any examples in my head. All I know is I'm assuming if Clay made both, I assume Golden State would have fouled. So you were probably done for anyway, if I had to guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, they when they when they let him come back when they were when they were ten up late and they let him come back, it was like just brutal.
1: Brutal. Well they they constantly just let Morant get ahead of steam and just let him get to the lane for the entire game. Yeah, I talked about I didn't that. Really get it. I
0: talked about it on my video that he's like shooting 60% of his shots from at the basket.
1: Do you know how many mid-range jump shots Jaws made in the playoffs so I, far? Not many. Zero.
0: Everything's been a three or or in the lane. He's made
1: zero mid-range jumpers. Yeah, that's that
0: and you know, he's been I know he's been awful from downtown. He was like 18% or some shit. Yeah.
1: He can't um, well, I, I said in the regular season, he can't shoot. He's a very solid player because of his athleticism. But if you sag off like Minnesota did, he might have a bunch of assists, but he is not a threat outside of what, like 16 feet?
0: Yeah. that's I So
1: you just take your chances. He makes a shot. Congratulations. Do it again.
0: Yep. Agreed. Um, were you surprised by the, the, the Boston wasn't more competitive?
1: Yes. That part surprised me. Now, my favorite play in that game was the under, which was the runner-up for my play of the day yesterday. I just thought both defenses would be really good, and for the most part, they were. Uh, Even though Giannis shot terribly, he still had 12 assists. He was the best player on the floor by far. wasn't even close. I think the big surprise for me wasn't even the fact that Boston's offense struggled, because of course Milwaukee has a great defense. Just Tatum and Brown completely no showed the game. I think that was the biggest surprise for me.
0: Yep, I I I totally agree. No, I was. You beat
1: you beat the Nets in a sweep, and you think, okay, you know, Tatum's. People are talking about how he might be better than Durant right now. He's making that a leap. And then you look at the first quarter, and both of them have combined for, like, five points. And it's just like, you guys know that there's a game going on, right? Like, you, you kind of have to pick it up a little bit. And it seemed like Boston's intensity on the offensive end was just really never there.
0: Yeah. Yep, agreed. Um, I didn't I didn't understand it. I. You figure one of those guys at least shows up, and I, I thought they both no-showed. Um... Eric Nesbitt making a little uh, deliverance reference. Did you did you know it before you put that in there? Did you know what movie that was from?
1: Uh, truth is, I actually read the book. Did you really? Uh, we got assigned it in school. Is that right? I don't, I don't really know why we got assigned that in school, like in the middle of high school. But we did. Okay. Very good. It was weird because when I kept reading the book, I could not visualize Burt Reynolds.
0: Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about the games tonight? I know that uh, Erica Taylor asking for totals. Erica likes those totals, man. Any thoughts? Uh, so
1: looking at the totals, even though Embiid's out, I do believe that Miami total seems a bit low. Just because Embiid, don't get me wrong, is such a great offensive player. But he also takes a lot of time getting up and down the court. Paul Reed can run a little bit. So I do think that Philly might play more up-tempo. Okay. And the defense, Embiid, even though his defensive metrics might not be amazing... He's still a pretty good shot you know a shot challenger yeah so to speak he certainly
0: takes it takes up space in the lane and causes people to alter their shots no question
1: so i actually like the over okay. in that philly game that number seems a little bit too low besides i feel like getting cash several ways either both teams get to 100 and change or miami just drops 115 at home i think both of them are pretty reasonable to happen so i think that total's too low as for the other game i think the mavericks total is too high because i watched dallas play against utah for about a week and a half right and my main takeaway once Doncic came back this offense is playing way too slow and i I couldn't tell how much of that was by design or by what utah was doing but dallas's offense looked better before luka came back That's not even a hot take you just look at the scoring numbers and it seems like they're just playing with no pace at all it's a lot of late pick and rolls in the shot clock i expect a lot of ugly possessions from dallas and it's not like Chris Paul and Devin Booker are trying to play fast either, so that total seems too high. I like the under. Truth is, I think both these totals should have been flipped.
0: Yeah, that's you can you can certainly make that argument because I agree with you on both games. The uh, they're you're going to see a lot of you're going to see a lot of twenty second uh, shot clocks in this yes. game. Yes.
1: Now, of course, referees can still screw you, which sure. is going to be a concern. But either way, I really was not impressed by Dallas in the first round, even though they won. I don't think anybody, even Utah fans, liked the Jazz's chances in the first round. And it seemed like Dallas was just letting them hang around the entire time. But I ended up giving out a look at play on the series a couple days ago. I have the Suns minus one and a half games because the main reason why Dallas was successful was because they could put Doncic on Gobert in the small lineup and Gobert is an offensive talent. So they did not get punished for it. Aiden's going to feast, right? I mean, I I just don't know how Aiden's not going to play well. When he's going to be guarded by Maxi Kleber and Dwight Powell, I think Aiton has a big series.
0: Okay, that's that's a that's a pretty hot take there because he was not fantastic in the opening series.
1: He was okay. I mean, the rebounding wasn't great, but truth is, Valanchunas is also a moose. Like it, it takes a lot of you know discipline to avoid foul trouble and to deal with somebody of Valanchunas' size. I don't think Powell's very good.
0: No, I think, think I Paul's would. good. I would I mean, definitely he, he I would de- can
1: run. He can rim run a little bit, but that's basically it.
0: No, I would definitely uh, take Valanciunas in the, in that role versus, versus Powell. No question. As far as the Philly game, you know, that's something we talk about frequently, especially when the team is missing, missing like the big man, somebody, somebody that the offense runs through. And it's even more important if they're a four or a five, because you'll often see the pace pick up. It's it's kind of counterintuitive. If you take a big score out, you look at Embiid, you look at like uh, oh, like Giannis, uh, Jokic would be another example. Mm-hmm. You think you take away their leading score, and the and the scores are going to go down. It's counterintuitive, but it's because of pace. You touched on it, and we've touched on it frequently on the show. They run faster. They run a different. They run a different offense. The defense usually isn't efficient, so it works at both sides. And you'll see those totals often mis
1: uh, mispriced and go over. See, Bruce, this is kind of my hot take here. And I kind of want your thoughts on this, too. I made this case in my video the other night. The Suns did not look great against the Pelicans. I know Booker was out. He came back, you know, whatever. But I'd say the question that I have for you, if Utah was playing against New Orleans in a seven-game series, who would you pick? Because I think I'm actually taking New Orleans. Sure.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with, especially the way they they played.
1: Now, it might be controversial because of the seeding, but my argument is that the Suns were missing their best player and they ended up overcoming it and they ended up beating a Pelicans team that even though it was a 9 seed, I think the Pelicans were better than Utah.
0: They weren't playing like a 9 seed at the no, end. No, they were if, playing like if, a 5 seed at the end That's of the season. Team. Yep. Yeah, so you, so basically the point you're making in a nutshell is that it was more impressive to uh, beat the Pelicans than it was to beat the Utah Jazz. I and would... the Suns
1: struggled mostly when Booker was out because if you remember, they're up one nothing. Booker has thirty-one points at the half, gets injured, and they lose. Right, And they win a game or two without him. I thought Dallas looked worse when Doncic came back.
0: Yeah, I mean you can you can certainly you can certainly make the case that the uh, the scoring went down. What do you, he missed the first two, right? They so they opened he missed up the
1: first three. They went two and one.
0: Yeah, that's right. So they opened up with ninety-three. And that's about what you expected. But then they go 110-126. And then they average less than 100 points over the three games that he's in there. So,
1: and if you're going to play a half court game, because that's what Doncic wants to do, you're not going to beat Phoenix in the half court. That's just not going to happen.
0: Nope, nope. You're a, that's you're absolutely right there.
1: Like, have fun dealing with one possession games with Chris Paul. Like that—that's not a fun time.
0: Very good. Um, playoffs opening up tonight for uh, hockey. Any hot hockey takes, buddy? Weird not seeing the oh. Islanders in there, huh?
1: Uh, I don't want to talk about it, okay, fair enough. but, uh, my roommate actually has a decent amount of money on the Rangers to beat the Penguins in round one. So even though I want to root against the Rangers, I'm a team player. So I've been dragged into hoping the Rangers will lose in the second round instead of the first round. Okay. But you have any thoughts on the hockey? Cause tonight, do you want to go through the actual games of the series? Um... Well, we can go th- We through this. Th- hockey game by game is the toughest one to pick because home ice advantage doesn't really exist, right? Uh,
0: certainly not to the extent it doesn't in other sports. First of all, before we do that, uh, Damien asking about George Niang over 7.5 points.
1: I can't say no. Niang's been shooting insanely well from three. The issue's foul trouble, but you're assuming that Philly might have to go to the bench a bit earlier because of the fact that you have Reed and... Uh, hold your nose, DeAndre Jordan, mm-hmm. as your backup center. Mm-hmm. Philly might need to get a bit creative with the lineups, but Niang's been good from three. I don't mind that.
0: Okay, yeah, I think anybody, anybody that can shoot threes and is going to is going to spend more time than usual in there, I think you got to take a spin on that.
1: And he's also a good player to get because he should be playing in a bunch of different situations. Whether the game's close, he should be playing at least twenty something minutes. But I'm assuming Niang might be in the mop up role as well because he's not a starter. Right, so I think there's a couple of ways the game can unfold where Niang's still getting 20 plus minutes.
0: okay um, for heat first half money line
1: if you want an, if you want a bold call for tonight's game, I actually don't mind 76ers first quarter on the money line at like plus 170. Okay. I think the heat should win the game. but you see this all the time where you have a star player missing. And you immediately assume they're going to come out and get, and get smacked. But the Heat have a bunch of film on Embiid playing. So maybe Philly can catch them a bit off guard with pace to start the game. Yep. Over 48 minutes, Miami should wear them down. Okay. But for a 12 minute period, I don't mind plus 170.
0: Okay. You? No, yeah, no, that's a good price. I think, I think, that's, I think that's a solid price. We want to play it on the money line. Uh, if you want to take a couple of points, you could do that. I think too. it's plus
1: two and a half. For the uh, first quarter. Yeah. Once uh, again, I'm not picking the Sixers to win. But I'm not picking Miami to just ro- to be up 15 after the first quarter. I agree. He's going to be a feel-out process.
0: All right. So let's talk about these hockey series. A couple of them are actually capped out pretty close. Uh, Bruins and Hurricanes. Uh, Hurricanes, very small favorite in that one. That's just about a pick Um Hurricanes played good soccer. Played good soccer. Played good, played good hockey this year, Scott. What do you got here?
1: So for me, I think it's going to be a hell of a series. I think it's going to go seven. I think that these teams are pretty evenly matched. I'm still salty at Boston for last minute scratching everyone in the regular season finale just to play Carolina. So for their sake, they better win the series, but I don't think they're going to. The one question they really have to ask is the goalie situation, because you have Swayman, who's most likely going to be the starter for game one. It's either him or Ulmark. I actually want to see if they confirm who's starting. You're going to have... uh, a bit of an injury situation going on with the Carolina goalies because Ronta got hurt and Frederick Anderson got hurt. So the Carolina might be using a youngster in net. No, Ronta's officially back. So I take it back. You have Ulmark against Ronta. Uh, overall this season, uh, the numbers are pretty comparable. Ulmark had a 917 save percentage, Ronta had a 912 save percentage, and they had the same goals against. So, it's really a question of which offense do you think does enough in this game? I'm actually going to take Carolina for game one, and they start off pretty well. I'm not going to say that it's going to be a home series. I do think that Boston will come back and win game two. But for Ulmark against Ranta, I'll do Ranta, and I do like Carolina special teams quite a bit. I'll take Carolina winning by one goal. I don't mind an overtime price if you think this game's going to be very close. You see a lot of overtime playoff games these teams seem to be quite evenly matched.
0: You Well, here's what here's what I wonder about because this is a Boston team that managed to score just one goal in three games against Carolina this season, but all three of those games started Anderson in goal. Yeah. So, so the question is then what kind of a drop off are we going to see? And, you know, the Carolina obviously dominated the season series, 6 nothing, 7 nothing, 3-1. Why do you think the Boston defense and goaltending is going to be better than those last two games where they gave up 13
1: goals? Well, I think the question that you have to ask yourself is, even though the goaltending isn't that great, do you think that perhaps seeing a different goalie in net, seeing Ranta, maybe you'll change just the confidence of this overall team? And If you want to look at the regular season meetings, yes, Carolina did smack them. They haven't played since February. So I don't really know how much you can keep that in mind when they haven't played in about three months.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great point right there. Although... And Olmark was only in goal for one of those three games, and he was. In, yeah, he was I, th- in goal I think Olmark's an one.
1: okay goalie. I remember him on Buffalo. I thought he was okay, uh, but ronta has been around for a long time. At the end of the day, it's really a question of which core do you like more between Martian, Pasternak, and Bert and Bergeron against Aho and Svetznikov and all these guys that they have. I think Carolina's just a well-rounded team. Boston has fared well against Carolina in the playoffs in the past. But for me, I think Carolina wins the series in seven.
0: All right. Uh, real quick answers, time on the rest of them. Maple Leafs and Lightning, that's uh, just about, again, a uh, just a, just about a pick them. Maple Leafs, small favorite. Who you got there?
1: The Lightning haven't won a playoff series. No, sorry, the Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series since 2004. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. I'm taking Tampa. Uh, I think Tampa's going to win the series. I think that they are going to win that in six. Even though I understand that Toronto offensively, Matthew scored 60 goals. Marner's really good. We've seen this movie before. And if you look at the last meeting, they played in April, uh, it was the 21st, and Tampa won 8-1. to Campbell was a Vezina candidate in the first half of the season. Then he got injured came back he really has not been the same guy since he's been okay but give me vasilevsky all day every day in a seven game series you have sam you have stamkos who's healthy for once who had 40 plus goals they're just so talented eventually i expect toronto's defense to implode it always does give me tampa i think you're getting good price you (laughs) it's really tough to go against the two-time defending stanley cup champions
0: real quick real quick (laughs)
1: Real quick. <laughs> we're only at the thirty-eight minute mark. We got time.
0: Uh oh, I was sorry, I forgot we started late. I was seeing I was That's what seeing, I'm saying. Right? I was we're at the thirty eight minute mark. It's not like it's that bad. Uh blues and wild blues plus one twenty two. Am I crazy to like the dogs here?
1: No, I think there's gonna be a close series too. I actually like Minnesota. I think they're a good team. Uh Capri Solve's been amazing. Uh St. Louis has I can't even say a goalie controversy because you have two decent options. But you have either the youngster who's been really good, or Bennington, who was the youngster, was awful for most of the year and suddenly started regaining his form late in the season. I'm assuming St. Louis is going to go with Bennington for Game One just because of the experience he won a cup.
0: Yeah, I are going to give it to him. Magical cup run a couple of years back.
1: Oh no, I take it back. Uh, officially, Huso's in net, which I find surprising. I actually like that. The thing is, Flurry's in net for Minnesota who's the veteran. He's been in the playoffs each of the last, I don't know, 20 years at this point. Right. And it feels like he's always hit or miss. I'm sure Vegas fans can attest to that. I'm sure Allie has mixed opinions about Flory. But it should be a good game. I am really surprised who sows him that. I was expecting Bennington.
0: Okay. Uh, Kings, Oilers. Oilers, big-time favorites here. They better win a damn series. Again, I just have to ask any value on the Kings, or do they? It's a team, the Kings appear to be a team to me that does really well against bad teams, and they do not do well against good teams. And of course, you're seeing one of the better teams there in the Oilers. The Kings have a shot. Well,
1: they're a rebuilding team that's a year ahead of schedule. They traded most of their pieces, Uh, they kept some old guys. Uh, You still have Kopitar, still have Dowdy. Dowdy's out for the year, though, which is a problem because he's been their main defensive piece for about a decade and a half. But is there value on the Kings? Yes, because Edmund chokes in the playoffs every damn year. And yes, you have McDavid. Yes, you have Dreisaitl. They haven't won a playoff series in what, like three, four years? Yeah. They lose all the time. And Edmonton somehow, some way, is still relying on Mike Smith in the playoffs. I don't know how many times Mike Smith can be awful in the playoffs and he's still the starting goalie for this team.
0: Most likely one. So, most likely one more. One more. I don't season. like the
1: defense. I don't like the goaltending. If you think that Jonathan Quick, the two-time Stanley Cup champion who suddenly found a the found a youth is going to regain form, quick's a better goalie than Mike Smith. So is there value? Yes, you're getting a good plus price with the better goalie.
0: All right, another quick series there with your buddy. Uh got the rangers minus 113, penguins 107.
1: That's tonight or tomorrow?
0: That's tomorrow. I'm just looking at the series.
1: Okay. Uh, I like the rangers. Okay. I know my friend has the rangers to win the series and Pittsburgh's favored and right. I would be rooting for Pittsburgh. I hate Pittsburgh, but I hate the rangers more. I don't think Pittsburgh's very good. And they really kept the band back together for perhaps maybe a little bit too long. Balkan's a free agent at the end of the year. Crosby's still Crosby. So, of course, he's a threat. Gensel's very good. But Pittsburgh has an aging core. The goaltending has really not been that great. I mean, you have either Jari or DeSmith. And Tristegan's going to win the Vezina. He's been the best goalie this entire season. Kreider somehow scored 50 goals. I'm not sure how he pulled that off. But you have Panarin, you have Kreider, you have a good defensive core with Fox. I think the Rangers should be favored in the series. And that's a very good price, in my opinion.
0: Speaking of teams that haven't won a playoff series since the turn of the century, Panthers prohibitive favorite over the Caps. They should be. Any shot for the Caps here?
1: The shot is playoff Bobrovsky shows up again, and he's awful. But I just roasted Pittsburgh for keeping the band back together for too long. I don't like Washington's core. Ovechkin, of course, is still going to score a bunch of goals. You can't get rid of him. They still have Kuznetsov. You still have Backstrom. You got a bunch of guys. But you look at the overall team. I don't think Washington's very good. They have two goalies that are not that great, so I do think the goaltending is kind of even. Bobrovsky in the playoffs is always a lunatic, but he still got Spencer Knight off the bench. You got some young options. I just think Florida's too good offensively. You look at Washington's goaltending compared to uh, to Florida's offense. I mean, Florida's got one of the best offenses I've seen in about a decade and a half. I mean, this is crazy what Florida's doing this season.
0: They've I been mean, they've been nuts. Uh, Predators, big-time dogs against the Avalanche.
1: They're going to get buried.
0: Uh, oh, buried under the Avalanche? Nice.
1: They're going to get buried. Okay. It, it, I would say they had a shot if Soros was a net, but he's injured, and I'm not sure he's even going to play in the series. And if the only reason why you're in the playoffs is because of the goalie putting your entire team on its back right? and his back gave out, you're probably going to get killed. Yep. So give me Colorado in five.
0: Any value on the Stars plus 280?
1: I don't think so. Okay. I think the Flames are very good. Props to the Stars for getting in. Didn't exactly play well down the stretch. Calgary's been really, really good. And Johnny Hockey's been amazing. The goaltending's been good as well with Markstrom in net. I think the Flames win that series probably in five or six.
0: All right, let's let's ca- let's catch up in the comment section here. Uh, Roland asking about J- Jalen Brunson over nineteen and a half. I don't know. That's I don't nice. really have a
1: strong opinion about that because... Phoenix is a much better defensive team than Utah. And do you think that Doncic is going to ball hog? Is going to ball hog. I mean, that's really the story, right? Because Brunson was so successful early in the series because he had the ball in his hands the entire time. Right. And now he doesn't. He's a decent off-ball player. But it seems like Dallas has really just accepted the fact that Aluka's is going to go hero ball the entire game. So I'm actually going to stay away from Brunson. I like him a lot as a player, but his role has changed. And I'm a bit concerned by that.
0: Yep, I agree. Uh, if I had to bet on that, I, I'd have a small lean on the over. But I think that's a really I'd tight lean problem. over,
1: I guess. But I'm not going to bet that.
0: Uh, and it's kind of in the same vein, talking about Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, his, number, his number is 11 and a half. So if you had to bet one of those two, that if, or do you stay away from them both? Because Luke is going to take all the shots.
1: I think I would probably lean to Dinwiddie's more. Because Dinwiddie tends to stay on with the bench unit as the backup point guard, so to speak. So I do think that Dimwitty might get some solo minutes with an O'Donsich where he might just have to ball hog and maybe take a bunch of shots. But Dimwitty gets to the line a lot as well. He's not afraid to flop to draw free throws. Right. He should have a size advantage on whoever's guarding him because he is a very tall point guard. I think the number's a bit low. I know Dimwitty wasn't great down the stretch of that series against Utah. I think it's a decent matchup. I'd probably lean Dimwitty.
0: Yeah, and it's a, and it's a guy, when you're looking at to totals that low, uh, first thing I want to look at is how many sh- how many threes is he shooting, and he's been shooting about five and a half, five point seven in the playoffs. So
1: and the free throws are going to be there because you know Dimwoody is not afraid to go to the rim when necessary.
0: Nope, shooting five three, sh- shooting five free throws a game. So there's yeah. there's some free points right there. There's ha- there's half your total. So mm-hmm. you need to make three. Assuming he makes two. Two. all of them. But, so. Well, that's, no, no, that's what I'm saying. If he, if he makes a couple of free throws and a couple and a couple of uh, of threes, you know you're there or one mm-hmm. th- one three rather. So. Anyway, um, what else we see? What else we see here? Nicholas says he likes the uh, Penguins to win in six. I'll disappoint your roommate. Uh,
1: truth is, I don't have any action on it, so I don't really care. But I do think the Rangers are going to win the series.
0: AJ's likes uh, first period uh, in the Oilers game. I don't hate that. Uh, UFC question for you. Nicholas Lee has uh, Charles Thug Rose. And uh, Tony,
1: what do you think? There's a 0% chance I'm betting Tony Ferguson in a fight. I I can't at this point. I think Chandler's going to beat him. Tony was an entertaining guy for the majority of his career. And then the Gaethje fight happened. And he hasn't been the same since. And is a guy who's going to stand in front of him and swing. And I do think Ferguson would have a shot if he would try to use some jujitsu. Chandler's a wrestler, or at least he has background in that, but I don't think he's going to wrestle. I'm taking Chandler. Right. Until I see anything from Ferguson that I have not seen in the last three years, I'm going to assume that is going to win. So I'll take Chandler there. I like the other ones, though, just looking through. Um, I think the Thug Rose price is really cheap. I'm really not sure why she's only minus 200 against Asparza. I don't think is very good. I think that Rose is going to win handily. I think she should be around minus 400. So I think minus 200 is a gift. Charles is a tough one because Geechee might take his head off in the first round, but Charles can take it to the ground and win by submission. So I think that one's up in the air. If I was going to play that, I probably would take Charles by submission just to try to increase the value. And I think Rose is going to win, but I'm definitely not taking Ferguson. I think Ferguson's done.
0: Very good. All right, buddy. We've reached that point in the show. You know what we do. It's time, everybody. Put on those overalls. You should have your nice, clean overalls. I know you did laundry over the weekend, so put them on. Strap them up tight. Put on your fancy straw hat. Climb aboard that John Deere. Get out your lucky keychain. Put them in the ignition and fire that bad boy up. Because, kids, once again, it is time to bet the farm. (sighs)
1: To be honest, I got my hat over there. Do I have time to get it? What? What? I got my hat all the way across the room.
0: Yeah, I did. I did that the other day. It was still hanging on the wall. Yeah. So,
1: Do you want me to get it or no?
0: All right, I'm running. So I'm running solo far. Run, solo anyway. farmer today, buddy.
1: Just uh, make sure you Scott, what happened I know we here. had a
0: farm play on Friday night. How'd we end up doing?
1: We ended up having the Padres minus one and a half on Friday, and they got it done.
0: There you go. Cue the banjos. <laughs> Yee-haw! All right, there you go. Padres took care of business, and Scott has had enough of this shit. He has just walked off the set. So, it is my day anyway, so I'm going to uh, get it going here on the farm play. Oh, there he is. Much better. You'll fit right in at Brooklyn with that hat, right, buddy? Yep, pretty much. All right, very good. So, for our Bet the Farm play today, we are going to be taking a look at in Major League Baseball, and we're going to be fading the Cincinnati Reds. No, I'm kidding. We're going to be taking the Miami Marlins on the run line, minus one and a half, and that has a nice payoff of plus 145 over there at DraftKings. A little bit of the rationale behind this. Miami has been playing very good baseball lately, won seven of their last eight And on the mound for Miami, the one, the only, Pablo Lopez. He has gotten off to a very nice start this season. 23 and a third innings pitched. Just one earned run. Outstanding so far for young Master Lopez. Miami, bullpen, quite solid. 3-2-1. That ranks 12th in the league. Arizona, not as good, and certainly not as good on the road. 3.88 bullpen ERA. That is 23rd in the majors. And finally... Diamondbacks, you might have seen Chris talk about this on his show, and we're talking about it right here. They have not played well in Miami lately. They are 0-5 over the last five meetings down there in South Beach. So, we not only like the Marlins to win, we like them to win in style, picking up almost 3-2 to on our money. We're going to take the Marlins minus 1.5 at plus 145. That's going to uh, be our farm play. Scott, thoughts?
1: Well, if we're assuming Arizona is going to score, what, like two runs in this game? Perhaps. We think Miami can do enough to get the four.
0: Okay, very good. And that's going to do it for our farm. That's going to do it for our show. Thanks for stopping by, guys. I hope everybody has a great Monday. Thanks for checking in. Good luck on all your plays. Don't forget to check out the full lineup here at Max Wagers Network. And we will see you tomorrow right here, as once again, Scott and I will do our very best, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, to help you in that never-ending journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.